Before we get started, I have an important message. If you're on Medicare or about to be, you don't want to go it alone. And you don't want to just call the first guy who sends you a postcard. My husband did that, and he wound up with some bad advice that costs us a penalty each month that will never go away. So what can you do? Contact one of our member experts by going to certifiedmedicareagents.com and searching your state for an agent. You'll be able to look through our member agents and read about them. Then you can reach out to the agent or broker you select directly through the site. Now, one thing you should know is other sites who do this sell your information to 15 or more agents so you can get hundreds of unwanted phone calls. Not so with CertifiedMedicareAgents.com. You'll only be contacted by one agent, and if there is a problem, I may personally reach out to you, but generally you will only hear from the one agent you select. So head on over there right now before you forget and find a qualified and certified agent that can help you today. Now, let's start our program. Hi, this is Kathy popping in before the intro. I wanted to let you know that we had some sound quality issues on this episode. We tried to fix them, but there's still a little bit of popping noises in the background. For that reason, I recommend that you do not listen with headphones. The content is good, though, so I hope you listen anyway. Chad was a great guest, and I learned a lot. I hope you do, too. Welcome back to the Rock Your Retirement Show. I'm your host, Kathy Klein, and today my guest is Chad Carson, or Coach Carson, as he's better known. Coach Carson is actually my coach when it comes to real estate investing, but that's actually not why he's here today. I've asked him to come on the show because he believes in stoicism. He doesn't think that we should be overly optimistic when it comes to COVID-19, and frankly, I agree with him. Although I'm an optimist, I also believe that we should be realistic. We're recording this in April of 2020, which is when the COVID-19 virus is still active in the USA. As you know, I normally batch all of my episodes, so I'm not exactly sure when this will be released, but please keep in mind when this was recorded because we might discuss some things that might make more sense to you with that background. Right now, the beaches in South Carolina, where Coach Carson and I both reside, are being opened. But before we start, I wanted to tell you that this episode is brought to you by NordVPN. In today's world, we not only have to worry about getting a virus when we go outside, but we also have to worry about the safety of our information. I use my computer a lot, and I'm on Wi-Fi a lot. When I'm at home, I don't particularly like my internet provider spying on me. And someday when I get to go out and about again, I like to use public Wi-Fi without having to worry about someone hacking into my personal information. I've been using NordVPN for years before I became an affiliate for them. As I record this, you can get a whopping 70% off with plans starting as little as $3.49 per month. Just go to rockyourretirement.com slash VPN. That's V for virtual, P for private, 
and N for Network. You'll be supporting the show and getting a valuable service that can save you plenty now and in the future. Okay, I won't make you wait any longer. Let's go ahead and bring on Coach Carson. Chad, welcome to the Rock Your Retirement Show. Hey, Kathy. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. You know, when I listened to your podcast, what episode was that again? Well, the the name of it was The Danger of Wishful Thinking During Challenging Times. That's also known as the Stockdale Paradox. Oh, I loved it. And although your show, of course, is normally about real estate, some of our listeners may want to listen to that particular episode. And some of our listeners probably also would be interested in uh, real estate as well. So do you want to give the name of your um, podcast out? Sure. Thank you. It's the Real Estate and Financial Independence Podcast. But I've, I also, I love talking about life and philosophy and, you know, even on a specific topic like real estate investing, you always, there's always other topics and threads that come in. So there's, it's kind of fun for me time to time to talk about other things like that. I love your episode and, and, or your, your shows, not your one episode. I've listened to most, you know, many of them. Thank you. (laughs) One of the things that I really liked uh, when I got to know you was the fact that you actually lived in Ecuador, and not all of my listeners will know this, but some of them will know, and that is I actually thought about moving to Ecuador, and I think it's actually the same city that you lived in for two years. Did did you live in Cuenca? I did, yes. It yeah. was wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I actually have um, had some guests that still are in Cuenca, and I've heard just some scary things about what's going on in Cuenca right now. I don't know if you have friends that are there at this at this point or if you've checked back with them. But my husband said that he's seen that there it's not a good situation right now over there. Yeah, and we we did live there in 2017 and we just for context, we have two young kids. One now is 7, one is 9 and we went there when they were 3 and 5 and they uh, with, my wife's a Spanish teacher, and we wanted to live abroad and have them be able to go to local schools and get, become fluent in Spanish. And so we did that. We did it for 17 months, and it was a wonderful experience. And we we really love Ecuador. We love Cuenca in particular. is a It's a very it's a, it's a tourism town. So there's lots of people who come there because they have beautiful old buildings and a UNESCO kind of square, old Spanish colonial square, and beautiful places. And it's also up in the highlands of Ecuador. So you're up about 8,000 feet up in the Andes, like a valley in the Andes Mountains, but it's on the equator. So if you're up high on the equator, that means you have a temperature of about 50 to 70 degrees year round, uh, which is really nice. But right. it's uh, so it make, it's made for a good retirement spot as well for a lot of people from the United States and Canada and some parts of Europe. And so that's it's attracted a lot of that, a lot of people there and probably like some of your friends you've talked about, uh, the, so those are the, the good things. I mean, the challenge is any country, Ecuador is a small country. A lot of the revenues dependent on oil and, and they're just still growing as a company, as a country. And so right, this infrastructure in some respects, when you have a big COVID crisis or Corona crisis, I think has been challenging. And they, so they've like us, they've been quarantining and people staying at home, but, uh, in some parts of Ecuador, from what I've been reading in the news have had just, challenges with even dealing with hospital capacity, cemetery capacity or morgue capacity. So it's just been some pretty challenging things and particularly in the big cities like Guayaquil, not as much uh, 
Cuenca, where we were, I think, but or like the big cities on the coast. Yeah, it's scary all over the world. And the fact that they're opening things up here, personally, I don't think we're ready for that, but I'm not in charge of the world. I know. <laughs> I, know. I would be happier in that case. I would go with your 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 advice on that one. <laughs> if I was in charge of the world. <laughs> yes. um, and it's funny how, you know, I live in a 55 and older community. I've seen the, the protests that were happening yesterday. We are recording this on the 21st of um, April. And I was looking through my Twitter feed and I was seeing all kinds of protests going on where people were blocking hospitals and clinics and just saying that we're we're not going to follow this stay-at-home order. And it, it's funny because I think this is hugely, very mild compared to, you know, I've got a team uh, member who is in uh, the Philippines and he literally has to have a pass to go outside. We, we are, we have, this is nothing. Yes, <laughs> you know? I agree. Yes. Yeah. But well, we have friends in Spain who've been in there, the two kids, young kids and their parents have been in their apartment for five weeks now and they've left a couple of times to go to the corner grocery store, that kind of stuff. Yeah. People, people are, it's, it's, there's different situations in other places for sure. Yeah. So, so you were um, talking about how we can't be too optimistic, and I think that is, that could be the problem, that people are too optimistic here. They think that they're not going to get sick, that right. their family members aren't going to get sick. And what's going on in my community is people are saying it should be your own choice if you want to go out and uh, and do things. That's your choice. And if people want to stay home, that's their choice. I, I guess I'm a little nervous about that, but but you yeah. and I had this appointment scheduled for this before all of this started going down. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's so, changed a little bit. Yeah, I know it's, it's, things have changed. So so why don't you recap what you talked about in your podcast episode? Sure. Well, it, it's actually a story. I started with a story of a guy named James Stock, Stockdale. Some people might be familiar or remember his name. He ran for vice president under Ross Perot, like back in 92, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was a he was a Navy. He was in the Navy for years, became an admiral in the Navy. But before that, he was a prisoner of war in Vietnam. He was a pilot who got shot down and he was in a prisoner of war camp basically from the beginning of the Vietnam War until a couple of years after, or I think it was six or seven years total. And the, the thing that was fascinating about his story, part of it was just gruesome, that he was in a tortured and it was a really bad experience. He was left in a little tiny cell the size of a closet for, I think, several years in solitary confinement and just all sorts of horrible things. But he was also a student of philosophy, he went before he was in the military. He his grad school. Uh, one of his professors gave him a book by a guy named Epictetus, who was one of the famous Roman uh, philosophers in this this kind of movement called Stoicism, which is essentially you could think about it not as a religion, but more of a kind of like a personal development of their of their age, where they would uh, teach people, young people, and how to deal with adversity, how to deal with challenges, how do you respond? And it's it's kind of stuck because in English now we say that person's very stoic. You know, they, there's somebody who doesn't, you know, they're not easily uh, moved to emotion Ruffled. when something happens. Wasn't yeah, Abraham be, Lincoln a stoic? Who was? I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, he probably read a lot. I mean, a lot of the classic, like the, you know, the early United States, a lot of the leaders were read 
uh, Roman, like Cicero and a lot of the old Roman writers, and they were deeply influenced by Stoicism, George Washington as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was, so it's kind of a, it's kind of an interesting, it's made a comeback in the modern times, uh, the Stoicism philosophy, because it's applicable to a lot of people and to a lot of situations like right now with the coronavirus, because you, because James Stockdale was in a situation where he was in, had immense challenges for many years. And the thing he pointed out though, was that there were a lot of other prisoners there as well who didn't make it or who had a mindset that was a little bit more of a naive optimism, he called it, where they they would get into the prison and they were sad, of course, and this is why this happened to me. And they were asking these questions in their head. And a lot of them would get hope, they get this naive hopefulness where they would say, you know what, by Christmas, we're going to be out of this. Or by Easter, we're going to be out of this. Or by Thanksgiving, we're going to be out. And they continually, every single time, would be disappointed because they had this naive optimism that this is the way things are going to be when it was not really grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. And the difference between their perspective and James Stocksdale's, he had an optimism. He said, I want to get out of here. I, do not, I don't like where I am. I don't like my reality. But it was a more of an acceptance of that saying, this is the reality. This is exactly how it is. I can't change this. And for me to try to change reality is, is insanity. I'm not going to be able to do that. And so his was more of, a realistic optimism saying, I am going to get out of here. I'm going to do whatever I can. I'm going to have a determination. I'm going to have an optimism that I'm going to change it someday, but I'm also going to be realistic. And he actually, uh, he said in his book, there was a quote that I shared in this podcast and article that as he was parachuting from his plane, like the 15 seconds or 20 seconds, as he's parachuting down in, into this little village where these people with guns are about to take a prisoner, he said to himself, I'm going to be here at least five years. And he said, I'm entering the world, I'm leaving the modern civilization and entering the world of Epictetus, which was that philosopher he had read about in that little book, meaning he was about to lose all control of his external environment, but he was going to have to go inside his head and depend on that philosophy. And what what are you going to do when life throws you off balance? You're going to have to respond in a certain way. And that was what was just fascinating about that story. He told he this is a little tiny book that he wrote. I uh, can't even think of the name of it at the moment. But if you look up James Stockdale, and it's just a great story about that applies to so many things. I, I put it in the perspective of real estate investing and telling people not to be too optimistic and you know be realistic, save your money, save your cash. You know this could be a long storm, but it really applies to so many different parts of life. You know, you you were talking about that. And of course, I heard the the first podcast, but it just makes me think that the people who passed, maybe you could kind of say they they died of a broken heart. Exactly. You, you know, yeah. and I certainly don't want that to happen to anybody here, but I'm with you. I don't think that this is going to go away anytime soon. Viruses are going to do what viruses want to do. You know, we don't really have control over getting sick, right? I mean, of course, we can stay home. But now that other people are going out, it's riskier now when we, you know, there's going to be a lot more people out and about. Right. Sometimes things don't go back to normal. Like even even when, even during the phased recovery, you know, there's going to there's going to be repercussions of this, both health wise and the way we live our lives. And there's going to be economic repercussions. That's something I've talk to a lot of people about just in the entrepreneurship and business world. People are, you know, this is, this is a big impact. I mean, no matter, even in the best case scenarios here, this is, this is a deep and wide impact that we haven't seen in a long time. And that, that's not being doomsday. That's not saying we'll never get out of this, but it's more that, that realistic optimism to say, 
you know, this is a big challenge. Let's just recognize it for what it is, both health-wise and financial-wise. And then by doing that, we can then have some reflection on our for ourselves. How are we going to respond to this? What are we going to do? What choices? We can't really control the decisions that all the leaders make. We can't control the situation that there is a virus. We can't control anything, really, but the, how we think about it and how we respond to it. And that's that's the essence of stoicism is that that one core kernel of just you are in control of your response. That's about it. So how do you think we we could respond to this? I mean, we can get into arguments on Facebook. We can, you know, tell people that they shouldn't be going to the beach. What what can we do that can help ourselves without seeming like we're pessimists? Because that's not really what what it is, right? It's not about pessimism. Right. I, for, I mean, I can only speak for me personally. And I know this is, everybody has their own approach. But for me, it's whenever th- there's a crisis, whenever things are challenging, I try to go back to my personal kind of personal care, my personal fundamentals is what I call it. Like, what are the things that make me feel good? What are the things that make me become the best person I can be? And they really, it's really practical stuff. Like, all right, I need to get sleep. I need to go to bed on time. Um, I need to eat good food. You know, if you eat, eat a good, it's, it's amazing to me. If I go to sleep on time, I don't like read my phone, you know, at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. And I actually turn that off at 10, 30. I have a, like a digital sunset. I'm trying to discipline myself to do. And, and then I go to bed, I get a good night of sleep. I get up in the morning refreshed. I do a little bit of stretching maybe read something, do a little bit of journaling, like whatever your morning routine is. Uh, it's, it's hard to have a bad day when you do those, whatever those things are for you. And yes, it might not be pretty out in the world and things are going badly, but you do have control of that little first 10, 15 minutes of your day and the last 10, 15 minutes of your day or longer. And so I, I go back to that. I just try to make, try to be even more disciplined about the things that I can control my my schedule and hopefully that'll put me in a better frame of mind to deal with whatever I have to deal with after that. That's that's a great idea. You know, I have to tell you, this morning I woke up and and I have been feeling kind of depressed for the last week or so. And then yesterday, when I'm really under a lot of stress, my eye starts twitching. And mm. so a couple of days ago, my eye started twitching and I thought, oh, I've, I've got to do something because when that happens, it it can get out of control. So this morning, I woke up early. It was maybe around five o'clock, and it was too it was too early really to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was thinking, well, I'll just get up and i'll I'll work out. but but that didn't happen. So what I did was I got up and I saw my artwork sitting on the table i've I've turned our dining room table into a art studio pretty much. Yeah. And um, I was sitting there and I didn't do anything on it last week at all. It's it's hard for me because, you know, I'm I'm kind of a social person. And so mm. last week, my artwork just kind of sat there. This this morning, rather than me go into my office and start answering emails at five o'clock in the morning and doing whatever, I thought, well, I'm just going to sit down and, and draw for a few minutes. And so I did that. And then I got sleepy. So I took a nap on the couch. I didn't want to wake my husband up in the bedroom and then slept until eight o'clock. And I know it was crazy. The dogs, usually the dogs will wake me up at seven 30 to feed them, but they let, they let me sleep until eight on the couch, you know, (laughs) I was kind of (laughs) fetching out on the couch with the dogs. 
And, you know, my day has gone so much better now that I started my day with some non-business creativity. And I'm going to try to make, you know, I keep saying, well, I'm going to do more artwork. I'm going to do more artwork. And it's tough. By the end of the day, I'm exhausted. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to take your cue and start doing something in the morning. You know, I always say I'm going to try to, I'm not really a meditator, but that to me, drawing with colored pencils is kind of meditative because you can't really think of business when you're doing that. You can't think of other things when you're doing it. And that sounds so, wonderful. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. it's it's very meditative. <laughs> so, so, so it, it reminds me of like, you know, I haven't done this myself, but I, just watching like Chinese calligraphy, people who do Chinese calligraphy, where it's just, it's like an art form of just writing and the the motion and the, the pen on the paper that, you know, it's just, there's something about that. Uh, I'm a drawer too. I'm very visual and I like to draw. And sometimes that's what journaling turns into for me as well. It's just like, what's, what's on your mind? It's also, it's almost like a, a meditation. Just a, you're mirroring what's on your mind on paper or in your creativity. And there's so many different ways. Everybody listening to this, there's probably you know, thousands of different ways to approach that, that kind of personal care. But I, I, I couldn't, it's been one of the best things I've ever done is carving out at a minimum, like 15 minutes in the morning. Like if, if I can't get like a five, five minutes to 15 minutes of just me time, even with, you know, I have young kids. So my wife is very gracious to help me that we'll, we'll, we'll try to cover for each other for like five <laughs> to 15 minutes. Like, all right, you get your time. I'll get my time. And, but it's been one of the best things I've ever done. And it seems so simple. It's just so small, but it really does set the stage for, for everything else. And like the, the work, the, the opposite of that for me, and this is just for me, like the, the opposite, if I look at my phone or look at my email, first thing in the morning, that's like throwing a fire hose, like you're throwing like a fire right in my lap, right when I wake up, it's just like panic, you know, here's this right. or that. And, you know, and so I think doing something that's not reactive and not having to deal with other people's situations, problems, challenges, it's, it's just kind of, uh, I heard somebody describe it as like, you're warming up your patients. Mm. You're, you're just, you're just like easing into the day a little bit, whatever that means for you. And it just, it's just going to make everything else flow a little bit easier. And because we, we, this is going back to stoicism. I mean, we all have sort of that ideal response to our situations and very rarely do we do that. I know my kids respond in a way that's challenging to me, you know, I'm going to respond angrily or frustrated or whatever. That's not how I wanted to respond, but I'm more likely to respond in a better way if I've gotten myself together before that and taken a deep breath or had my time in the morning. So I think we all have similar situations. Hmm. I wonder how, what's his name? I want to say Stansbury. That's not the right name. What, what oh, is Stockdale. James Stockdale. Stockdale. The, yeah. I wonder how he would have responded to this, you know, to everything that's going on right now. Yeah. I, th I think he would have been, a, I think that's the reason he was a leader. I think, I think people who've been, you know, whether it's in their childhood or whether it's something like this where they deal with challenges and they've overcome them. They, they are some of the people we admire because we, we, we look at them and say, wow, they, they dealt with that. And when I read his story, I'm like, man, he's, he's had, he had real problems. I've got no problems at all. Like, look at that. Like he was in a, a prison camp for seven years with people torturing him. And here I am complaining because of such a such small little piddly problem, you know? Right. I can't I, go to the pool. I'm going to complain. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, come on, you know, uh, <laughs> 
It's a little perspective helps sometimes. That, that's one reason I like reading. Reading, and that's another thing you can do in quarantine. Is just read stories of people. Like this, stories are fascinating because the, the, you get the richness of people's lives and what they've been through. And there's always threads that you can bring back to your own life. And they're less. They're like teachers. Every little book is a is a teacher in their own way, both from the things that they did well and also the things they screwed up. You know, we all screw up. And um, so he's not Stockdale wasn't a perfect person. He probably has tons of stories about things he wish he would have done differently. And we can learn from that too. Yes, I think we can. And I, I guess we all have to decide when all this is over, are we going to be proud of how we handled it? Or are we going to be embarrassed? Right. You know, good question. And um, so I love your take on it. I, I loved listening to your episode and I'm so glad that you came on the show to talk a little bit about it. Is there anything that anything else that you would like to tell a listener? Well, I think you covered it pretty well. If, if somebody's interested in stoicism, there's uh, there's a variety of books out there that are really neat. Uh, one particular writer, I'm trying to think of his name right now, but uh, is the Daily Stoic uh, is the name of, of the book. And if you're just interested in kind of getting into that, it's a really easy kind of day-by-day approach to, to uh, this, how, what it is, and it, for, more from a modern take. And so it's just a nice practical philosophy helps you deal with all sorts of stuff. And you can, you can check that out just to see if it's something you're you're interested in going deeper on. Great. Thank you. And for the listener, if you're interested in learning about real estate, I took uh, Coach Carson's class and I learned so much, but mostly I learned what not to do. (laughs) (laughs) And I am so glad that I took your class because it it helped me from, you know, making a mistake. Not to say that I won't make a mistake at some point, but um, it did it did help me from making a mistake. And I I also reached out to him when I made a mistake that wasn't directly related to his class, but it was related to real estate. And and Chad was able to help me with that. And we got that issue resolved. Chad, I don't know if you remember what that was, but it was resolved. So, Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> very happy to hear, to not have that on my shoulder. So, Chad, once again, how can the listener reach out to you? And what types of things do you talk about on your show? Sure. Well, my, my podcast and my blog, pretty much all of my free content online is at coachcarson.com. And it's it's a collection. I, I, my kind of slogan on my podcast is this is a show about real estate investing, achieving financial independence, and doing more of what matters. So that's those are the things I'm particularly interested in with that show. And the the third one, do what matters, is what, is what I think the, the common theme is that I really have a f- I have fun helping people solve some of the practical parts of real estate investing, buying a property to produce income for your retirement, but also working on your finances, trying to be better with your money. And then, but doing all of that, not just because money itself is some great thing, but doing it because we would have more time and flexibility to do what matters, which I know resonates a lot with what you try to talk to your audience about, you know, being, doing, doing things in life that are uh, meaningful. And so that's, that's what it's all about and have a, have a lot of fun and be happy for people to check me out there at coachcarson.com. And he talks about all kinds of things. I think I learned now, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I learned that you were part of a um, community program to get more walking and biking trails in your community. Correct. 
Yeah, so we're not as we're not as advanced as uh, Hilton Head is in that respect. <laughs> the club club center where I am, I, we all, we often talk about places like Hilton Head and say, you know, you can get on your bike or walk and how you know walk to the corner store instead of having to drive your car there. And uh, we're a little farther behind in much of the suburban kind of car model part of the U.S. So I've one of my non I started a nonprofit with some local friends four or five years ago, trying to advocate for our local city and town to emphasize. Uh, sidewalks and bike paths just as much or, you know, alongside roads so that, you know, if you're half a mile from a park, you don't have to get run over by a car pushing a stroller or walking your dog to the, to the park. So that's, that's nice. Yeah. That's <laughs> something I've been working on yeah. as well. So he walks the talk listener. He does what, what matters. So, and I hope you go check him out and uh, coach Carson, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. It was a pleasure, Kathy. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And for the listener, we'll see you next time on the Rock Your Retirement Show. <laughs>